from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We're here on the live line. We're hanging out with Jason Lucas. Jason Lucas, no stranger to the broadcast. Jason Lucas has been on both sides of the coin. He's been in the public relations of an organization. He's also been a media member and continues to do great work and, and continues to have great insight. We talk about UCF a lot with his connection to UCF and living down in Florida. So we're going to have that discussion today and a lot of different kind of angles about that here on Wake Up Call. So with that being said, how are we doing today, Jason? Uh, well, the UCF, Jason, is not, not doing so great today. Uh, unfortunately, after a disappointing loss to LSU in the Fiesta Bowl. But other than that, hanging in there, man. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. And uh, obviously have seen some of the stuff out there. Uh, somebody had written something to me. A UCF fan started following me and had put the uh, message out to me about you know supporting UCF and whatnot and my timeline's gone a little bit crazy over it with people making remarks all day long the way that some people talk you would think that UCF lost to LSU 70 to 7 but I mean blowouts are only for teams in the college football playoff right like Clemson and Notre Dame's game but you know the the reality of it all is this is an eight-point game. It's a touchdown and a two-point conversion. But all they had to do was lose by a point, and everybody would say they suck. But when they beat Memphis by a point, they stuck because they're supposed to. They're supposed to do this and that, sweep Memphis and whatnot. So let's start the broad scope. They lose to LSU, and you know the moment that they lost. Did you anticipate that that there were going to be people around the country going, "Well, they lost. They lost. They suck. They're so dead. They lost. They. I mean, they lost." I mean, because it, it feels like people were just waiting for that moment to say, look at how bad they are. But again, they lost by a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Not by 40, not by 30, not by 20, by eight points, by one possession. That's all they lost by. Thoughts on it? And, and even moreover, uh, LSU was a seven-point favorite, and they won by eight. So literally they covered the game by one point. Um yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know how many, how many listeners that listen to us here follow me on Twitter uh, at Jason Vegas Show, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't. At that point, I, I mean, I went on. There was probably 14 minutes left in the game, and I said, "Here's UCF haters, and they're all just waiting for the streak to end." And it's, you know, Paul Heyman when the Undertaker ended. Uh, or well, the Undertaker ended his streak at WrestleMania to Brock Lesnar. That's that's pretty much what I put up right at that moment. And UCF, I mean, honestly, themselves as a team have nothing to be ashamed of. And I think our our fans, especially those that tweet, you know, they they knew what was coming if we lost the game, whether it was by one or forty one, it wouldn't have mattered how much we lost by. All the haters were going to tell us we didn't belong, even though you know, like you said, you watch Notre Dame. Saturday night get completely uh, obliterated on national television by Clemson, who struggles against their own teams in the ACC. So sometimes you wonder even if Notre Dame belonged where they were, but it was definitely 
you know, not how UCF fans had hoped this game would go. Um, obviously, there was there was even a couple plays that were dropped touchdown passes or an overthrown touchdown in that game that, you know, things could have been different. Uh, there was a penalty thrown in that game that really was like the game changer when UCF stopped LSU on third down early in the game. And then guy picks up the football and just throws it down. I mean, the ref couldn't wait to throw the flag on that to give LSU an automatic first down. So, you know, things like that that made a difference in the game, and it could have been a much different outcome for UCF if those things had went their way. Yeah, you know, and when we look back at, at this game, and, and, you know, there's been 16 blowouts in the postseason, 16 games that have been blowouts for the 70 to 14s. I mean, the wins by 50, the wins by by 20, and this, that, and the other. 16 different blowouts, uh, none of which was UCF's loss to LSU. Thoughts on that? Thoughts on the fact that there are teams getting completely and undeniably embarrassed in the bowl season and everybody wants to talk about UCF? I think really, I mean, it, you kind of start with the coaches switching at the end of the regular season. Um, you know, like, for instance, Temple goes into their bowl game and gets blown away. Houston, same thing, gets blown away as they're firing their coach. Uh, just, I mean, that's just inside the American. I mean, but it, a lot of coaching shuffling going on uh, before the bowl season's over, I think really hurts a lot of teams going into bowls. Um, you know, LSU, I mean, hurt themselves in a couple different ways with players saying they weren't going to play for the draft. Um, you know, maybe they win the game by a lot more if those guys are playing. Who knows how different that game could have been. But, I mean, I, I think it all starts with the coaches shuffling and, and just a lot of different things going on and maybe players not giving their best because they're afraid of getting hurt before going to the draft, those seniors that do play. You know, you got some teams that just show up for the trip. They're just happy to be there. And that was UCF in their bowl game three years ago when they played Arkansas State here in Orlando, they got blown away. They were just kind of happy to be 6-6 six and six and go into a bowl game. So, you know, that's just how it goes in the bowl season. Some of the games are, you know, they look one way on paper and they go a completely different way because of effort or lack thereof. Speaking here with Jason Lucas about uh, UCF. So UCF streak ends at 25 straight wins. They, they do it with a different coaching staff from one year to the next. What do you think about this 25 straight? I mean, in all honesty, it is not easy to defeat teams that know you within your conference from year to year. It is also not easy to lose an entire coaching staff, have an entire new one come in who you don't know and who were not the coaches that recruited the players and continue to win. And I haven't seen anybody from Alabama to Ohio State to – Clemson to Florida State and on and on and on and on who can switch coaches and go undefeated from one year to the next. So what do you make of all of this? I mean, the streak ends at 25, but they do it with an entire coaching staff change, and they do it by beating the teams that know them best, including their rival South Florida, back-to-back years. Yeah, I mean, the streak itself, just it, it really took a life of its own. Um because I, I remember when it first started, I mean, the first win of the streak was against FIU. UCF surprisingly defeated FIU 61-17 to that night uh, in the opening game of 2017. And I think a lot of people were surprised to see the improvement of the team from the 2016 team to the 2017 team. 
And, you know, when you look back at, at last season's team, there was just tons of NFL talent on there. Jordan Akins at tight end, Shaquem Griffin on defense, Jemias Pittman is another tough one they had in the middle of that team. Mike Hughes is a first-rounder, goes to the Vikings, and, of course, he got hurt this year. I mean, it was just a talented team all around. Traquan Smith caught the touchdown from uh, Drew Brees this year that broke the touchdowns record for him, or the yards record, I think is what it was. And, I mean, UCF was just loaded with talent last season. This season, I feel like a lot of people thought that they were going to come in and they would have a couple losses during the season. And so, to me, it was even an upset that it got as far as it did. I think, you know, when Cincinnati came into UCF, a lot of people were picking Cincinnati, thinking that they were going to be able to pull that off, too. And, you know, the play, I think the play of Mackenzie Milton really is what made the difference for UCF this season. He had just an incredible year. Uh, Greg McRae coming in at running back and kind of taking over where a lot of people, you know, were looking at Adrian Killens and uh, Otis Anderson as the two top running backs on the team. Greg McRae, a walk-on, comes in, earns himself a scholarship, becomes one of the best running backs in the country, had a pretty good game in the Fiesta Bowl. And, I mean, you look at this team, the team is deep. I mean, the defense had a lot of questions this this season. Uh, Randy Shannon comes in and runs just an impeccable defense. From what Josh Heupel did to come in uh, to take over Scott Frost's uh, work and kind of just pick pick up the ball and take it even higher. Um, so, you know, the bar at UCF is really high. Uh, like I had to say to Booger McFarlane after the game, I, I told him to his tweet about, you know, UCF can just go into – go into whatever and let's get back to talking about power five football. And I said, Booger, you know what, buddy? I said, one loss does not make any program. Just like three losses LSU had this year doesn't make them. The one loss that UCF took in the Fiesta Bowl is not going to deter them from going forward and winning more football games next season and the seasons to come. So you better get ready because there's a change coming and the kids that UCF is bringing in, are even better than the ones we have now. Well, and that's the thing, too, is when you look at the, uh, you know, recruiting side of things, you would imagine that this 25-0 and streak and, you know, for good, bad, or indifferent, people talking about UCF all across the country has only helped. I mean, they're in the middle of what's considered by, by a, a good amount of people to be the best place to get a football player in that being the state of Florida. So they're right smack dab in the middle of the state of Florida. They have recruits all over the state of Florida, especially, you know, and they have them in that area of Orlando as well. So, you know, with where they are, with the state that they're in, with the location that they have, with the, you know, obviously the tourist attraction that can, you know, do nothing but help you out there as well, on top of all of that, the success that they've had, and then having everybody talk about them and, and have a conversation about them, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, still talking about the teams, you would imagine that this has obviously created a nice little spotlight for, or shall I say, a big spotlight for UCF that's going to help them in recruiting. Absolutely. I mean, the buzz around the program is at an all-time high. Uh, as far as, you know, the kids they're bringing in, it's not just Florida kids. I mean, UCF signed another quarterback from Hawaii that's uh, that's coming in this coming season. Uh, so, I mean, it's going to be a crowded group at quarterback with, of course, DJ Mack 
And then you got the kid from Hawaii coming in, and also Mackenzie Milton's trying to come back. So by the time 2020 comes around, UCF could definitely have a problem at quarterback or a good problem to have uh, between all these guys being in there, all these talented players. Uh, they might be, you know, trying to keep people from transferring. There's so much talent at quarterback at UCF right now. Um, but also, you know, they have talented receivers coming in and running backs, and to go in with. The guys that are making the plays on this team now are young, you know, sophomores, juniors, some of them even freshmen making plays on this team right now. So Josh Heupel's got a lot of good problems on his hands the next couple of years with a lot of depth. And, and like he says, we too deep because UCF's becoming deep like how teams in the Big Ten and SEC are deep. You know, like you saw with LSU, they brought in more quarterbacks in the Fiesta Bowl uh, than anybody else really would be able to in the American, like what UCF deals with in the regular season. So just an incredible time at UCF. I uh, can't say enough about the recruits they've been able to get and the recruits they're going to be able to get uh, when all this continues and, and they continue to dominate in conference and out of conference like they have in the last couple seasons. Speaking here with Jason Lucas, uh, Jason Lucas on both sides of the coin, public relations inside of the sports world, as well as a media member and uh, broadcaster and writer on the other side of things. So, you know, Jason, the UCF factor, the conversation of, well, if they want this and they want, if they want to be respected and they want to have this, they want to have that, how about they just change conferences? How about they just go somewhere else? I know that the coaches, you know, inside of, the American Athletic Conference are trying to build up the American Athletic Conference. They want the American Athletic Conference to be successful. They want the American Athletic Conference to, you know, be able to stand on its own and to have something to give to the world as opposed to just getting, you know, people to to shift over and whatnot. They want there to be they want they want this conference to mean something. Instead of if you can't beat them, join them type of thing, they want to stay within this conference and find success within this conference and have that you know, be a shared success uh, amongst everybody in it. So what are your thoughts on this? Because, you know, the reality of it all is I think and I know from speaking with a commissioner, Mike Oresco, that they're trying to find their place. And the conversation out there by some pundits is, well, if you want to be successful and you want to be regarded as somebody that people uh, or a school that's, that, that people should pay attention to, then just change conferences. Go to a different conference. That's how you're going to find your success. That's how people are going to care. That's how people are going to pay attention to you is if you go somewhere else where that would just continue to diminish the American Athletic Conference. So what's your overall thoughts on all of this? Because, you know, they're trying to put themselves on the map and the conference on the map and people on the outside are going, well, the only way you're going to make this work, the only way you're going to, you're going to make it happen is if you – join a different conference, which would defeat the entire purpose of what they've been trying to do in the American. So what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like UCF came to the American with the assumption that, hey, we're in the BCS. This conference has a BCS tie-in. Of course, the first year of the conference, UCF gets the BCS bid, goes to the Fiesta Bowl, beats Baylor. And I think they kind of joined that conference under some false pretenses. Being that, you know, they they thought, hey, it's going to be BCS for a while. And then everything changed right out from underneath them. Everything completely changed. And now with the playoff format, 
Of course, this is what everyone's saying is the only way you're going to be able to make a name for yourself is to move into these power five quote unquote conferences. But none of them want a team like UCF. I mean, none of them want to play UCF out of conference, much even less in their conference and have to have them on the schedule every single season. Because UCF with, you know, $2 million is doing what these teams with $60 million can't do. They're, they're winning every game. And they're impressing people left and right. I think they've changed a lot of people. Um, if you followed Kirk Herbstreet this year, he was one of the biggest detractors UCF had to deal with every week on college game day, talking down his nose about them. And then now he picked them to win the Fiesta Bowl. He had full confidence that UCF will be able to beat LSU without Mackenzie Milton. And the rest of the the rest of the guys did the same. They all picked UCF. And I think eventually it's gonna to come to a head where either they do have to move into a power five conference or if the playoff goes to eight teams, a team like UCF has a path from the American. What would they rather? It's an easier path from the American to beat the teams that are currently in the conference than to say move to the ACC or um, the Big 12 also has looked at UCF as well. Uh, to go to either one of those conferences would be a lot more challenging to get through because there's, of course, further travel. You're playing in bigger stadiums with a lot more fans that have a lot more crowd noise to deal with. So as far as that goes, I mean, I think UCF's going to stand pat for as long as this idea of taking the playoff to eight teams lives and if that happens i think they'll be just fine where they're at unfortunately they're going to live without a lot of a lot of money um so until they get included in the playoff they're going to have to live without millions of dollars that these other teams are getting in the bigger conferences speaking here with jason lucas and jason i mean what would you rather see them do honestly you know i have been a proponent of the american i want to see the american be successful i want to see it do well i want to see it stand on its own Nothing was hurt more by realignment than the American Athletic Conference. They were left with three teams. They were left with one team that looked like the American, which was UConn, and then two teams that had come in a few years before in South Florida and Cincinnati. They had three teams. They had nothing else after that. The Catholic Seven went and created what is now the Big East once again, but it's the Big East that is you know, a basketball conference and there's no more football. There's been a lot of changes that have happened to the grand scope of things, but you know the American lost teams to the ACC. They, you know, they they lost. You know, they they had teams jumping ship that went to the Big East, teams that went to the ACC, and you know it was just it was a long drawn out. Rutgers goes away, the Louisville goes away, Syracuse goes away, Notre Dame goes away, Pittsburgh goes away. You know, it was just this 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 long drawn out movement that really hurt the conference for years and years and years and years. So, I mean, what are your overall thoughts on this? Would you like to see this conference that's already been through hell that they didn't ask for rise from the ashes? Or is it time for the American, in your opinion, to let a team like UCF go? Well, I mean, the American's a a very talented conference. Uh, I think it's a lot deeper than anybody gives it credit for. Um, there's just there's a lot of talent across the board. Obviously, you know UCF having games where they struggle this season, I think showed the depth of the conference. You know, having to come from behind at Memphis uh, and having to come from behind in the championship game as well against Memphis. 
Uh, Temple giving them a heck of a game this year. I think it's it's just going to be tough for them to get into any of the bigger conferences, so they're going to have to stay where they are. They're not really going to have that choice. And they're already selling out the stadium with who they're playing, so I don't think they really need to try to get bigger-name teams to come in to sell tickets. That's That's how UCF was in the 90s. They needed to bring in, you know, Purdue with Drew Brees to come in and, and sell some tickets uh, to their big game, you know, their their one big game of the season. Now here in Orlando, every UCF home game, whether they're playing South Carolina State or Memphis or whoever it may be, is going to be close to a sellout in a 45,000-seat uh, Spectrum Stadium. And uh, Danny White said it himself, the athletic director of UCF, he said, hey, I mean, you guys are sitting in what is the lower bowl of what is eventually going to be a 65 or 70,000 seat stadium. That stadium was built with expansion in mind. So it really doesn't matter who's going to be coming to town. They're not going to have problems selling tickets. I think the, the thing that would attract them to a bigger conference is if any of those conferences wanted to get rid of, say, Wake Forest in the, in the ACC or whatever, something like that, you know, that's where the money is at. And they know to keep things going in the right direction they will eventually have to move to a bigger conference. I just don't see it happening in the next two to three years. And, you know, that's, I mean, for me, I would like to see them stay. I'd like to see the American rise from the ashes completely. I'd like to see them come out of this. The American didn't ask for the, the pain that they went through or to be ripped to shreds, and I don't feel like they should have to continue to go through the pain. So, you know, I, I hope that, you know, that the teams that are there that comprise this can have success and that we can see the American, you know, like I said, rise from these ashes and rise from realignment, which didn't hurt anybody more than it hurt the American Athletic Conference that features – UCF, Cincinnati, UConn, East Carolina, Houston, Memphis, Navy for football, as well as South Florida, SMU, Temple, Tulane, Tulsa, and Wichita State being added, and obviously the men's basketball side of that for Wichita State. Big for the American Athletic Conference, you know, being added for all sports besides football and just seeing how successful they've been in men's basketball and whatnot. So, you know, there is a lot of good with this conference, and the mission and Mike Oresco at the top of it and the team that's working tirelessly there. So I would like to see this become a place of respect, but you brought it up, you know, the expansion, because if you go to eight teams, then you take the champion of the big 12 champion of the big 10 champion of the ACC champion of the PAC 12 champion of the of the SEC and the ACC. You, you take all those together. The five all come together and then you have UCF. Then you look at Notre Dame then you look at another wild card there just has to be a path for a school like UCF because, again, Oklahoma doesn't play defense, nor have they in a very long time, and we saw what happened last year when they were allowed in. We saw what happened this year. The SEC outscored them. And then in the case of Clemson, who has already shut out Ohio State, they won 30-3 to over Notre Dame. So I don't think UCF could do much worse than being shut out, scoring three points, or playing no defense whatsoever. So, I mean, to me, it's it's what is the excuse now when they say, well, you're not in a good enough conference and Notre Dame's not in a conference. Well, you got to have a strength of schedule. Well, who the hell did Notre Dame play besides Michigan? Well, you have to, you know, you have to be able to win your conference championship game. Well, they don't play in a conference championship game. So, you know, I, I guess the question that arises is, is it really a rules thing or is it just a we don't want UCF in here thing? 
because I don't think you could do much worse than scoring zero or getting beat by 27. I mean, but tell me if I'm wrong, Jason. I mean, can you score negative points in a bowl game? <laughs> no, you definitely can't, Dan. But, but I mean, the, the reality of what they've created with the four-team playoff is it's an invitational for the big boys, for the Power Five. I mean, you know, you have seasons where one of, I mean, you're almost guaranteed every year that one of their big boys isn't going to get in there. And I think that even more so is why you hear the clamoring for eight now is I think it was the big 10 was left out this year. Yeah. The big 10 was left out. The, the, uh, the big 10 was left out. The PAC 12 was left out. What'd you say? You know, you leave, you leave urban Meyer sitting on the sideline in his last season at Ohio state. I mean, I think that pissed off a lot of people to where, they're starting to clamor for eight, but it might not even necessarily be for a group of five team to get in. But I think you have to have that spot. If you're going to have 18, you've got to have the spot for Cinderella in there too, which is the best of the group of five, whether it be UCF, Boise State, or anyone else. So I think eventually you're going to see them go to eight, but it's not necessarily going to be in the name of that group of five team, but I think they have to have that spot when they do go to eight. So they don't make everyone feel like, all right, well, half of everybody doesn't have a chance because that's how they're feeling right now is 65 teams have a chance to get in out of 130. And that's not fair to those other kids to say, hey, you don't even deserve a chance at a national championship. That's not what the NCAA is all about. And that's why basketball is the way it is and gives every team. And it's, I mean, in basketball, there's over 300 schools that participate in that chance to get to the top 65 schools. So in the grand scheme of things, I think it's just because they're, you know, they're leaving out one of their big conferences. So they're suddenly, suddenly talking about going to eight, but there will be a spot for that G five champ as well. Well, and that, and that's the thing, you know, this year when you see Alabama, the SEC, you see Notre Dame is independent, you see Clemson of the ACC and you see the big 12s, Oklahoma, which means that, you know, the Big Ten was left out, the Pac-12 was left out as well of this thing. So you already have two of your Power Five conferences left out. And, you know, as you move forward from here, I said, you know, the the people that are going to help UCF is not UCF. The ones that are going to help UCF is Georgia complaining, Ohio State complaining, the Pac-12 in general complaining. That's, you know, that's who's going to help you is when these conferences say, hey, you know what? You don't respect us in the Big 12. You don't respect the Pac-12. You don't respect the Big 10. You only care about Alabama and Clemson. You make Alabama and Clemson one and two every year so they can play each other. You make this happen. It's still a BCS game. We're just calling it a playoff when we know that the semantics of it all is, is what it is, but the reality of it all is that you want Alabama and Clemson, so why not just have a championship between Alabama and Clemson every year? So... You know, that's what to me is really going to help is when these, like you said, these other conferences are going to start complaining and they're going to help out UCF by accident because they're going to want to get in and they're going to say there's not enough spots for everybody, which will open up an opportunity for UCF. And again, when it comes to UCF, they lose to LSU 40 to 32, not 100 to 1, not 50 to 7. Not thirty to three, not seventy to fourteen. They lost forty to thirty-two. It was still a game at the end of the day. So, Jason, in conclusion here, 
to look at you know to look at this and in 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 like you said expansion of the playoff which I agree with and whatnot I, what are the what are your ultimate words about about UCF and about what's been going on and, and what's happened because you know they had no business being in the Fiesta Bowl a couple of years ago they win it this you know this time around they lose in the game by one one score you know we look at the people that have come through and the coaches that have come through and the success that they've had and you know, there's all of these positive things that have happened with UCF. And again, they're playing without Mackenzie Milton and nobody want, you know, they lost, right? They lost. They don't have their starting quarterback. They don't have their guy that should be in the Heisman finalist group, but that didn't matter. If it was Alabama without Tua, everybody would talk, would be talking about it. If Kyler Murray wasn't at Oklahoma, everybody would be talking about it. If Trevor Lawrence got hurt in Clemson, everybody would be talking about it. If Eric Dungey was injured at Syracuse, everybody would be talking about it. But when it comes to UCF, it doesn't matter. UCF is supposed to win, and LSU, you know, their backup to the backup to the backup to the backup is supposed to be better than UCF, so to me, LSU has no excuses, but UCF loses by eight points when they're playing with their backup quarterback who has never played a season in college football before this season and doesn't even have half a season under his belt, yet the conversation can never be UCF was without. It has to be, you know what, if we cut off UCF's left arm, right arm, both legs, and we leave them with just a torso and a head, but we tape their mouth so they can't speak. They're still supposed to beat everybody. Yeah, I mean, just to kind of put it all in perspective, man, the last couple of years have been crazy to be a fan of UCF. To, to see them rise from 0-12 and the, you know, the season everybody wants to talk about, and the season that was actually a blessing because it, it sent George O'Leary off to retirement and allowed them to bring in Scott Frost with an exciting offense that could bring a buzz to this town to get people out to the stadium. I mean, even the 2017 team had trouble getting butts in the seats. This year, that was not a problem. This year, every game, the tickets were expensive. You you know, you had to know somebody to get a ticket, or you had to go on StubHub and spend above face value. UCF just really became a brand name over these 25 games that they put themselves on the map. Everybody's talking about them, and and you're either with them or against them. You either see the argument or you look down your nose and you hate UCF, and you couldn't wait for that opportunity when someone finally beat them. And it's just been an amazing ride, uh, an amazing group of kids, you know, that went through a couple of hurricanes together, one last season, one this season, had to miss games, had to, you know, wonder what was going on with their family last season with Hurricane Irma and everything that went on with that. You know, they missed a game against Georgia Tech here. They really had to go through it. I mean, they had players that had kids in other states, things like that. They had to worry about their families. And just like a lot of real-life stuff, Coach Frost, I mean, that was a raw deal for him. He didn't want to go to Nebraska. He didn't want to leave Florida. But his parents, who are older, called him home and said, listen, Nebraska job's open. We need you to come home. And he had to do what he had to do. Unfortunately, he didn't want to leave UCF. He started something here. And he didn't want to have to hand off the reins. But life is what life is. Timing was terrible because he had just had a baby with his wife, of course. And... You know, he didn't want to go. He had to go and, uh, you know, hand off the, re- the reins to Coach Heupel. For them to win the bowl game against Auburn was a 
a miracle. There was no chance in the world UCF beats Auburn as a two-touchdown underdog. But they did because the kids are resilient. The kids that they've gone out and recruited are just amazing kids that just want to play the game, that just want to get a shot, and just want to be respected. And that's all they've asked for this whole time. So for them to pick up the ball, come to this season, go undefeated again, unfortunately come up short in their bowl game, but to do it again was magical. And what they've started in this town isn't something that's going to stop anytime soon, and those who hate it better get used to it. That comment from Jason Lucas, I think that that's a perfect way to end it. Those who hate it better get used to it. As always, my good sir, I appreciate your time and congratulations on, you know, starting off this new year, you know, and, 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 and being the positive person that you are, being the awesome person that you are, and, and for all the help that you have uh, you've brought to, to this show, to everything. I mean, I, I can't thank you enough for everything that you've done. So, you know, I appreciate you professionally and personally, and, you know, that uh, I, send, I send all my love to you and, and obviously to the girls, and I look into the family, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Absolutely, buddy. Me too. We all love you very much, and take care of yourself. All right. Take care, brother. All right, bye. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Unica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family. Their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature sport court where you can enjoy basketball, volleyball, pickleball, soccer, lacrosse, and more year-round in their indoor facility. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. Hi, friends and fans. Home Team Pub is the place to be to cheer on your fave home team. 
Located at 7990 Oswego Road in Liverpool, HTP has you covered with an amazing drink selection. Let's not forget about the signature drinks or those kid-approved gourmet milkshakes. The happy hour specials and pub entrees will have your mouth watering. Check out the website, hometeampub.com, or follow us on Facebook and Instagram for more specials. At Home Team Pub, you're always the MVP.